0: Welcome to another episode of our digitally remastered old-time radio shows from SolvedMystery.com. Visit our website for complete collections of your favorite old-time radio series. Remember to follow us so you won't miss new releases from SolvedMystery.com. When
1: Anthony J. Lyon cashes in on somebody's trouble, it means money for him. For me, it means work. I'm Jeff Regan, the Lion's Private Eye.
0: Here's the kind of program you've been waiting to hear. Hard boiled action and mystery as told by Jeff Regan, investigator. So stand by for trouble. Stand by for suspense. Stand by for adventure. In tonight's story, The Lady with the Golden Hair. And now, here's Jack Webb as Jeff Regan.
1: Well, this is the way it started. I was sitting in the lion's den waiting for him to get off the phone so I could ask him about my expense sheet on that New Orleans thing.
2: He was playing
1: the usual games with his lawyer, and just about the time he hung up and turned his chair my way, the office door opened. All
3: right, Regan, what do you want? Aha!
1: A little curly-headed man about 40 dressed in a black suit was standing there was holding a stack of $50 bills, a gold-headed cane, and a red card in one hand. In his other, he had a black derby with a hole through the top of it, a pair of suede gloves, and a white carnation. He stood there, looked at both of us. The lion looked at the $50 bills. I looked at the little man.
4: Aha! You are Mr. Lion, no? I, Max Vladney, have come to see you unappointed. Where you are? Uh,
1: My name's Regan. This is Mr. Lion
4: ha You will do it. Uh, won't you sit down, Mr... Uh, Max Vladny, Vladne, Max. 1642, Holland Drive, Hollywood 28. an Imperial Studio payroll. Time I do not have. I will not sit. ha I demonstrate. See you. That flower, I do not need. This, a ticket because I too long park, I also do not need. Cane I place here a gift from my grandfather. I keep that. Also gloves. Now what have I left, gentlemen? Uh, quite a bundle of cabbage. uh, cash, Mr. Vladimir. Yeah, yeah, from bank I just arrived. Also this I do not need for you. All for you. Well, 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 Mr. Vladimir. Aha! Uh-huh. Now what I have? You I answer myself. Bullet hole in heart. See you. Oh. I- is not finished. One, two,
1: three. Yeah, those look like 38 slugs. Where'd you get them?
4: Out of doorway. I dig them where I'm shot last night in my home. Well, who's shooting at you, Mr. Vladney? This, if I know, I shoot back. I have no enemies. Everyone is madly in love with Max Vladney. I must buy new hat. Cannot buy new hat kindly you will guard my body from dying. Of
3: course, of course. Now, you've certainly come to the right place, Mr. Vladney. If your life has been threatened, you can depend on International Detective Bureau to see that no harm comes to you.
4: Therefore, it is so. We see. I understand perfectly. Well, if somebody
3: shot at you last night, why didn't you call the police? Uh, Mr. Regan meant to ask um, who recommended you to International.
4: Uh Aha, I explained. In Imperial Motion Picture Studio where master of makeup, Max Vladney who is great, is imported to create beautiful faces from skinny skulls and fat necks is much newspaper. Free sometimes for agents to press. Hollywood police might think because I work on Great Gone Epic, tie my rope tight is free trick for agents to press, but is not joke. To you, I come to take no chance. Yeah. In I am, Mr. Regan.
3: Of course you're in, Mr. Vladney. And Mr. Regan here will stick right by your side until we can get to the bottom. Now, wait a minute. If I have to, I'll use every man on my staff to protect your life, Mr. Vladney. All the resources of International Detective Bureau are behind you. Regan... I'm entrusting you with Mr. Vladney's life.
4: Already better, I feel. Vista. And call me, Regan. Call I me. I
1: know. I'll call you if I run into trouble. Come on, Max. Uh-huh. Well, you can see how it was. Max Vladney's car was parked in a red zone in front of the building, and there was another ticket on it. He tore that one up, too. On the way out to his house, I tried to get a little more information, but it didn't come to much. He couldn't figure out why somebody was shooting at him or who was doing it. It was about six o'clock when we pulled up in front of his house on Mulholland Drive, one of those little places with a big sun porch in front of it and an egg-shaped swimming pool in front of that. He was pulling things out of his pockets, looking for I the keys to the them. front door when it happened.
4: See, see what I tell you all the time: shooting at Maxie, somewhere. All right, get on, get on. What I tell you, my heart is full again of hope. (laughs) All right, shut up. You aren't hit. He's frightening.
1: Well, unless he's got a machine gun, he can't fire anything more.
4: Uh, Wait, where go you? You leave Max to be killed. I'm going after him. Stay right here. You'll be all right.
1: I started for the heavy brush outside the clearing of the house where white gun smoke still hung around the trees. And then I saw him. He was a gray-haired man, stocky bill, glasses, about 100 feet away, running down the hill, waving the gun. I went after him, but I couldn't get a clear shot. Uh, He was quite an acrobat. He dived over a wooden road bracer and went skidding down the embankment. By the time I got there, he was climbing into an old Chevy convertible and he took off in a cloud of dust. I couldn't see the license plate on the car.
5: Max, darling, this is absolutely terrible, terrible, darling. Something like this happening to you. Oh, Max, Max, why would anyone want to do such a thing? It's beyond me. I got back to the the house house ten
1: minutes later, and there was a black convertible in the driveway and a very blonde girl in the doorway. She was digging the new slugs out of the woodwork with a penknife. Max was lying on one of the beach chairs. When the blonde girl saw me, she pulled off her sunglasses and held out her
4: hand.
5: How do you do? You're Mr. Regan. Did you kill him?
4: I got away. Oh, And I am again to be shot at.
5: You say he got away, then you saw who it was.
4: Part of him. Who are you? Oh, beg my pardon. Uh, This is Hilda Graham. You have seen her in pictures. The hair. I have seen her differently. She's my wife, almost. Did you see
1: anybody?
5: Well, I heard the shots as I drove up and found poor Max by the
4: door. He's got to stop this business, Mr. Regan. He's got to stop next time, maybe. it certainly
5: but... does have to stop, Mr. Regan. Max, why, he's the finest makeup artist in the world. He'd be a great loss to everyone in Hollywood, if anything ever happened to him. You see?
4: See? Am I valuable? Did I not tell you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, tell me. Where's your phone? Oh, in there, in my private workshop. Study where I have to live. Use it, please. Call Mr. Lyon and stop the shooting. Oh,
5: Max. Darling, Mr. Dawson.
3: Lion,
1: this is me. I'm calling from Max's. Somebody just threw six bullets all over the place.
3: What? Is Max all right?
1: Didn't even come close. Oh,
3: good, good. Now, the Treasury Department tells me he paid $20,000 last year in income tax, and he can afford a little protection.
1: Well, whoever it is got away. I think we ought to turn this over to the cops.
3: The cops? And let them do for free what we're getting paid to do? Not on your life, Regan.
1: What about his life?
3: Well, yeah, we'll worry about that too. Now listen, I'm sending Joe Candy out there to give you a hand. Now, this lad is a first class gold mine, as far as I'm concerned, and that means as far as you're concerned. I don't care what Until you Until then, do anything you want. So long as you stick by Maxie and don't call the cops. Uh-
1: Mr. Regan? Yeah. You want one?
5: No, thanks. I've something much better than that at my house.
1: I'll bet you have.
5: I live all alone in Toluca Lake. End of the canyon.
1: I'll remember that when I get thirsty.
5: Who do you suppose is shooting at Max?
1: You tell me, lady. I just met him.
5: I thought you said you saw whoever it was. I did. Well, aren't you going to look for him or send out an alarm or whatever you do?
1: Yeah, whatever we do. Oh, I see. Don't you think you ought to be in there holding hands with Max? He's had a hard day.
5: Max? Oh, he's resting now. Do you think he's the kind I'd really have something in common with?
1: I wouldn't know, lady.
5: Well, um, as a matter of fact, I was just leaving. I have to be at the studio early tomorrow. If there's anything I can do at all, I'd be only too happy to cooperate.
1: Yeah, well, why don't you start by giving me those slugs you were digging out of the doorway?
5: Oh, I completely forgot about those. Here, I've meant to give them to you.
1: Thanks, I'll need these.
5: Really, whatever on earth for?
1: Comparison test, the ejector marks, the firing pin dents. You can tell if they were fired from the same gun if you want to look into it.
5: And, of course, being a detective, you want to look into
1: it. That's right, I want to look into it.
5: Well, Mr. Regan, it's been nice meeting you. I know you'll take good care of Max. If there's anything I can do...
1: Yeah, I'll give you a ring.
5: Bye, Mr. Reagan. Until we meet again.
1: I followed her out the door and... Watched her pat Max on the head, kiss him on the cheek. And then she slid under the wheel of that convertible like she'd been built right along with it. That famous golden hair was blowing behind her by the time she got onto the main road.
4: Be careful, careful. How lovely she is, Mr. Egan, huh?
1: Yeah, Maxine, she's just fine.
4: For her, too, you must keep me alive. She needs me. Yeah. What now? We wait for another guy. Aha! Reinforcers! I like you, Mr. Regan. Already better, I feel.
6: It's only
1: me, Regan. Take it easy. Oh, Chato, come on in. What took you so long?
6: I stopped by police ballistics on the way out. I had them thirty-eight slugs that Max brought in check.
1: Well, well, I got some more for you.
6: Well, I found a winner. Gun belongs to a feller named Pete Berger. Mm-hmm. Ain't no permit on it. He done six to eighteen in San Quentin once for robbery. Sprung a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Address? Yeah, place on Figaro right off of sunset. Here.
1: Thanks. Well, he was around again this afternoon, shooting things all over the place. I wonder what the connection is. I'm going to find out before Maxie does. You take over, Joe.
6: Okay, where's our clay pigeon there? Eh?
1: Roosting in there. Now, keep your eyes open,
6: Canto. I'll get back as soon as I can. Oh, take your time, son. Joy the Canto is on the job. Yeah, I feel better already. <laughs> hey, hey, do you know how to play
3: Carolina in the morning? I'm oh,
5: Carolina in the evening. Like well, well. A stranger in our midst, boy. Hey,
3: yeah, uh,
6: get
5: a look at that. What are you white shaking off. Oh, yeah. It Hey, sure shine. He's got big, uh, yeah. Yeah, big feet. Yeah, awful big feet. One with me, mister. Mom, champagne or beer?
1: Neither one, lady.
5: Well, we ain't got either one for you, copper.
1: Mm mm. You picked wrong tonight.
5: Flossie never picks him wrong. I can tell by your feet. You're paid by the city or you're a private peeper and somebody else pays you. Makes no difference to me. All spell copper. What do you want?
1: No fuss with you, Flossie. I'm looking for Pete Berger. Who? Pete Berger. This is his last address.
5: I ain't never heard of no Pete Berger and neither has anybody else. And he ain't never lived here and you got a wrong steer.
1: That door lead to rooms upstairs?
5: Yeah, that door leads to rooms upstairs.
1: Mind if I take a look?
5: I mind a lot of things, Seamus. And taking a look is one of...
1: All right, this Pete Burger you don't know, never heard of, was throwing a lot of lead around yesterday and today, and I'm gonna take a look anyway.
5: Wait! Hey, hey, you can't go up there! Hello!
1: I was only halfway up when a man in a gray sweatshirt backed over to the top of the stairs. There were three red holes just about the center of the sweatshirt. He turned around and tried to say something. I saw what was gonna happen, and I hugged the side of the banister. Ran over and was kneeling beside him, holding his head in her arms, rocking back and forth. Yeah, you guessed it. It was the same man I'd chased all afternoon, and he didn't live five seconds.
0: return to Jeff Regan investigator in just a moment but first here's an important message from the adjutant general's office at no time in our nation's history has it been more important to develop an outstanding army medical department without an adequate nurse corps this cannot be accomplished and nurses are still needed to fill the estimated requirements for 1948 if you're a graduate registered nurse over 21 and under 45 you are invited to apply for a commission in the army nurse corps reserve If you are selected, you may choose either active duty or inactive status. Applied to the Adjutant General, Washington, 25, D.C. And now, back to the story of the lady with the golden hair and Jeff Regan, investigator.
1: Well, after he came falling down the stairs at me and Flossie had a good cry over him, there wasn't anything to do but to call Central Homicide. They got there a few minutes later and went over the whole place taking pictures and prints. Finally, a wagon pulled up took what was left of Pete Berger down to the morgue. Detective Lieutenant Salvatore Windetti, up to homicide, asked everybody a lot of questions and shipped a couple of people downtown for a couple of different things and finally got around to me.
2: Regan, 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 I think you ought to get yourself a new job. Every time the lion growls, you wind up with a corpse someplace and somebody has to ask you a question.
1: That well, wasn't my idea, Sally.
2: I might have to book you on technical charge.
1: Oh, stop it, will you? You know I didn't have anything to do with him getting now, shot. My well,
2: next car named Pete Berger gets topped off just before a private dick gets around asking him a few questions, I got to ask the private dick some questions myself or else the chief is going to ask me some questions.
1: Make sense? All I know is that somebody's been shooting at a client of mine. Mm-hmm.
2: And that's somebody's Pete Berger. How do you know?
1: The bullets came from a gun owned by Pete Berger, so I came down to see him.
2: Only he walks out all loaded down with forty-five slugs and dies before you can say hello.
1: Isn't that the bump? Who's your client, Regan? Do I have to
2: tell you? No, but you will. Uh-uh. Company policy. Company policy. Confidence in a client. Regan... Can
1: you arrest me for anything? Depends.
2: Material witness, maybe.
1: Yeah. While it's depending, I'll get a hold of the lion, he'll get a hold of Harry Presidio, and then I'll bet you ten bucks there'll be a writ of habeas corpus at the station by the time you get me there.
2: All right, all right, all right. You're clear. This is a murder case, Regan. That's a serious crime in anybody's town.
1: I don't know any more than I just told you, sir. So.
2: You know the name of your client? Okay. Okay. Why was
1: Pete shooting at him? That's what I was going to ask Pete.
2: Oh, now just exactly where does that put us?
1: My client's safe and sound in his home, and Joe Canto's keeping an eye on him.
2: When Canto was pounding a beat for the department, some guys got away from him.
1: A lot of guys get away from a lot of cops, but not when the cop's watching. Canto's good at that. You know him.
2: Oh, sure, sure, sure. It's a
6: thought.
1: Well, it's no good. good.
2: Before Pete Berger went to San Quentin, he was never very handy with a gun because his eyes were so
1: bad he couldn't see his hand in front of his face. He didn't hit anything yesterday or today, but he was sure trying. Now, Flossie told me
2: Pete's been playing stop man in pictures, making a buck at it. It seems he learned all his tricks while he was in the clink. They have a nice gym up there. I never tell what they'll do next. Still, can't understand why he'd all of a sudden go around shooting at somebody. You figure unless it's Sally there was something you. personal and that Pete had to do it. And whoever Pete was shooting I got kind of sore. Turn around and plug Pete tonight, huh?
1: My client's home. Safe.
2: Yeah, shoot, shoot. Canto's good. Almost forgotten. Pete Berger was a perfect setup for a wise guy. An ex who'd done 15 years, who learns his lesson, wants to make a straight dime, gets mad when anybody bothers. Blackmail. It's been done before. Pete had a good healthy bank balance. I guess he was saving up for his old age. But some wise guy finds out Pete's a con says, I'll tell your boss unless you kick in. Then maybe Pete starts shooting to scare him into shutting up.
1: Makes sense? Sounds like an old fairy tale, sir. But screwy
2: enough to be the answer. Only this wise guy Pete's shooting that thinks Pete might be mean to business. So he just comes over here tonight and plugs Pete.
1: And who's the wise guy? Your client.
2: Y'all you going to tell me his name?
1: I can't involve a client in a murder. Oh,
2: yeah, company policy. I almost forgot. Regan, I'll find out in the morning. We got some lawyers,
1: too. I know.
2: Couldn't tell me now?
1: I'll phone you in an hour, Sally.
2: Okay. Okay, Regan, you can talk to him first. But phone me. Good night. night, Regan. See you around.
1: My watch said four o'clock by the time I got to the hills back of Laurel Canyon and started up Mulholland Drive. The usual fog was in the usual places, doing the usual things to trees and houses. When I pulled up in front of Max's house, one light was burning in the window. The rest of the house looked dark. Everything was quiet. The first thing I noticed was cordite. It smells black and it means that guns have been fired. The whole room was full of it. Max Flatney was lying half on the floor and half on the table he used for a workshop. A bottle of spirit gum was spilled on the floor along with some false blonde hair and a cracked wig block. He had one free arm around a white plaster cast of a head, just like it was a doll. There were two blue holes in the middle of his forehead. I just stood there looking at him when I heard a noise in back of me. It was Canto, and he was on the floor at the foot of the bed.
6: Oh, no, don't try to move me, Regan. <laughs> I've been laying here waiting for you. It's in my lungs worse. <laughs> I don't think I got any blood to spare. <coughs> Joey boy let you down, huh? It happened an hour after you left. I don't know who done it. <coughs> There's a lot of noise in Max's room, and I come in, the next thing I know, I'm taking a slug myself. <coughs> Hey, hey, call me a doc, will you, Regan? i got a date tomorrow night. She's been trying to get rid of me. Does it give her a good excuse? Guess Lionel will be mad, huh? Call me a doc, Regan, right quick.
1: Well, I made a lot of phone calls before it was all over. Hollywood Receiving Hospital, Wendetti, Central Homicide, and I got the lion out of bed and told him what had happened. He said he'd meet me at the hospital. I hung around a while and talked to Wendetti. He didn't have much to say. When he got through poking around, he gave me a lift as far as the hospital. The lion was standing around the hall when I got there. It was the first time I'd ever seen him look tired.
3: Hello, Regan. I just talked to the doctor. It's gonna cost plenty. How bad is it? Twenty five bucks a day for a room. Plus surgery. No, I mean Canto. Oh. bullet penetrated upper lobe of his right lung. Here. They pull this out. Oh,
1: Forty-five slug.
3: Who shoots forty-fives that good?
1: Lots of people. Mm,
3: same kind of people who go around killing Pete Berger and Max Vladney. Yeah. Canto getting himself shot's gonna eat up every penny we might have made on
1: this thing. Is money all you ever think of?
3: What else is there to think about? If you got it, you're fine. If you haven't got it, you're nothing but a bum.
1: One of your own men is lying in there wondering if he's ever going to live or die, and he took that slug because you sent him on the job.
3: Everybody dies. I'll give him a citation.
1: You big pile of blubber. I ought to push you out a window.
3: Now, talk like that isn't going to help anything. No, but I know what is. Now, wait a minute, Regan. This is a police job.
1: Oh, now it's a police job.
3: Yeah, like I told you. And you can't go running around sticking your snoot into a couple of killings and giving international a lot of bad publicity.
1: Now get this, fatso. I'm going out and find the guy who plugged Canto. Now you listen to and me! I want it down in the books and the papers and any place else. that an international operator brought in a guy who killed one of their clients and shot one of their men.
3: Well, I won't be
1: responsible for anything that happens. Okay, if you don't like the way I do things, you can pull my license right off the wall and get yourself another boy.
3: Hey! Hey, where are you going? Come back! <laughs>
5: Well, Mr. Regan, when I saw you at Max's yesterday afternoon, I didn't think you would come by for that drink at 6 o'clock in the morning. Well, come in. Come in. I was just having coffee. I have to be at the studio for an early makeup job.
1: You look all right to me the way you are.
5: Well, you can be nice. Will you have some coffee? No, thanks. Oh?
1: I just stopped by for a minute. I'm afraid I have some tough news for you.
5: Max. Something happened to Max.
1: He's dead.
5: Oh, no. Not Max.
1: Max. Somebody shot him three hours ago.
5: Why would anyone want to kill Max?
1: That's what I'm going to find out.
5: Max expected me to marry him. So many plans. What can I do to help Mr. Regan? What can I do?
1: All right, now, look. A smart cop named Windetti is going to be knocking on your door pretty soon. He's going to ask you a lot of questions about Max. Give me the answers first.
5: Would you mind terribly if we sat down? Max was all I had. I want to be near someone. Sure. I know I'm acting silly about this. What is it I can tell you, Mr. Regan?
1: Did Max ever mention a man named Pete Berger?
5: No. Never heard that name before.
1: Well, he worked at the same studio. He was the one that shot at Max yesterday afternoon.
5: And he killed Max?
1: No. He's dead, too. He was shot to death an hour earlier. I was there.
5: I'm not very good at this kind of thing. What are you trying to tell me, Mr. Regan?
1: Both of these killings were done by an amateur. and not very good jobs. But there had to be some reason.
5: I... I don't know.
1: I've been in the business a long time, lady. Too long. People kill for money or love... or just for the crazy feel of blasting a gun at somebody. This has been a lot for you. You know, if you find a reason, you find a killer. What kind of work would a makeup man be doing at home?
5: I don't know. Max always tried to improve his work. I suppose that's why he made the money he did.
1: He might have made a plaster cast of a head so he could study a face.
5: I suppose so. Yes. Your face? Yes, I suppose so. Why? it's
1: a nice face. I've seen it in pictures.
5: Most press agents think my hair nicer
6: Yeah, it is. Long, golden hair.
5: Does it feel soft and warm, the way you hoped it would feel? Yeah, it does. And my lips? I don't feel bad doing this. I never
1: did love Max.
5: I wasn't dead into it. I was terribly ill several years ago. He helped
1: me. I can see why he felt the way he did about you. Can you?
5: I like the way you did that.
1: I know what Max had been working on. It was something for you. Really? He was holding a plaster cast of your head in his arms when I found him. Of course, there was no hair on it, and it looked kind of funny.
5: Don't say that! Don't ever say a thing like that.
1: Yep, yeah, now I got it. What are
5: you talking about? Murder,
1: lady, lots of it. You killed a poor ex-con because he bungled a job you blackmailed him into doing. You shot him last night because I was going to talk to him. You're
5: crazy. Why would I do a thing like then
3: that? Then you went
1: over and you killed Max. And while you're at it, you pumped the slugger, two into Joe Cannon.
3: there's got to be a reason Every
1: newspaper to... in the country is going to carry this story, lady. Oh, yeah. Hilda Graham, the one with all the long golden hair, is really as bald as a fresh egg. Shut up!
5: Shut up! Don't you ever say anything like that in front of me? Why are you?
1: Go ahead, lady. Pick up that paperweight, and I'll break you in, too. Now, come on, let's go. No. Oh,
5: no, you can't. You mustn't find out about my hair. Please, please, don't tell them about my hair. I couldn't stand that. Please. Oh, please, please, you know how nice I can be. (laughs) Lady, you're a bum.
1: Max had been trying to get her to marry him, and she didn't want to marry anybody, so she killed him. The police stenographer scratched his head on that one until I explained that it was her hair, that long, golden hair. Only it wasn't hers. It was a wig that Max had fixed up for her. She'd lost all hers when she was sick and couldn't stand the thought of anybody going around knowing it wasn't her own. Well, I guess you run into all kinds. A couple of days later, I saw Canto at the hospital. He'd had some transfusions and a lot of other things. He was coming along fine was reading a paper when I walked in.
6: Oh, Ray. Right. So what is what, huh? Hi, Joe. I've been reading about that Hilda Graham. Too bad they don't take her picture without all that pretty hair. Serve her right. Yeah. How you feeling? Peachy. Reagan, Regan, how long we been working for the line? Too long. How many people been killed and messed up in that time that me and you know about personally? Too many one thing I can't get through my news. Why don't we get some other kind of a job? Real estate or movie extras or something. Why do we do it? Why do we do it, Jeff? I don't
1: know, Joe. I don't know.
0: Jack Webb is featured as Jeff Regan, with Wilms Herbert as that Anthony J. Lyon. It's CBS same time next week for Trouble, Suspense, and Thrilling Adventure with Jeff Regan, Investigator. The role of Max Vladney was played by Hans Conrad with Barton Yarborough as Joe Canto. Betty Lou Gerson was Hilda Graham. Jack Crucian was Wendetti. Marlowe Dwyer was Flossie. Jeff Regan, Investigator is written by E. Jack Newman, produced and directed by Gordon T. Hughes, with special music by Del Castillo. This program came to you from Hollywood. Bob LeMond speaking for CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Thank you for joining us and enjoying our digitally remastered old-time radio shows from SolvedMystery.com. Please remember to leave us a review and to follow us for frequent releases.